Unscripted, unshackled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. Happy Friday. Hey. If you are listening on a Friday. Hello. If it's a Sunday, happy Sunday. (laughs) If it's a Monday. It's always so awkward when you do a podcast as a radio person because you're so used to doing those radio things. Like, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yeah. Day or whatever. Um, way back about bleh, seven years ago, um, I've in my radio career, I've mostly done mornings. And there was a two-month stint where I did, like, a morning show but in the afternoon. Yeah. And it was, like, such a mind bleep. Ooh. Because I couldn't wrap my brain around, like, how to transfer what you do in the morning Mm. to the afternoon. And I'd be like, because there's just certain things that we content that you put in certain places. And so it was so weird. But one of the things that we did, it was like a little mix at five Mm o'clock. And so I was, like, really adamant that we had, like, one of those whistles like the old school, oh, like, like the train whistle. Yeah, no, like yeah, when or they the, would, the leaving bell. Yeah, like when it's time. Hold on, let me find it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of afternoon jocks did this for a long time, and I'll be honest with you, as as schmucky as as certain old radio uh, things can feel, I never disliked this. No. I always liked like the five o'clock works over. Party jam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I just, interested in what this is. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it was a lot. I don't even know if anybody does it anymore because it may have really run its course. Let's see if this is going to make sense. Hold on. I'm setting this up as like in real time. Uh, I don't really like that. Hold on. Let me just. I bet we could look on YouTube for like five o'clock. Oh, no. I, I have it. Okay. I, I just want you to hear what it sounds like because it won't make sense just hearing it by itself. Okay. There we go. All right. So here's how it would sound. It was when I was with Mandy. Yeah. And it was the Miguel and Mandy show. Oh, wow. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I wasn't there yet. <laughs> no. That's fine. And we'd be like, hey, it's Island 106. Are you ready to be done with work? Give me a yeah. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And there would usually be like zings and zaps also. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure if I look through my hard drive, I probably have the sound effects from that back in the day. But that was always like, I love that for some reason. Because I just remember being in high school and listening to the radio when I'd be on the bus for two hours in Atlanta traffic. And I would just listen to nothing but radio. And the big radio stations, they would do that with that sound effects. And I would just. fun. Oh, yeah. It it is. I never minded it. Like I said, mm-hmm. I I miss a good five o'clock send off. And usually what it was was like a pre-produced um, maybe 30 second bed or donut or something because mm-hmm. it was like an actual and it would usually involve like clips from shows or movies and be like, oh time gosh. to get the hell out. It was like all like <laughs> Wait a ding, minute. ding. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You know what? Hold on. 
Okay, so I, of course, <laughs> am a crazy person and I keep everything. So I found some pieces from when we were in Panama City that, you know, will never see the light of day anywhere else. Correct. Um, and that's the crazy thing about radio back then was that you would put all this work into stuff and then, like, it will never see the light of day again. Like, well, no, because it wasn't put anywhere else. No, it was, it was done. one and done. Yeah. And it was just fresh content every single day. Yeah. And then that was it. Like, this is... Man, that's good. That's good as hell. I miss jingles. Damn it. We used to have jingles back in the day. Now, here's something that happened. Holly, give a little uh, story time. And by the way, this I feel like this podcast right now, because it's a Friday, we're just going to like go back in time a little bit for this one. Makes just you so you know. feel good to go back in time, Absolutely. By the way. Um, Holly, mm -hmm. so we worked together since 2008. And then we, in Panama City, we were with Kramer. Then we came here to Tampa back in 2011. We were at Play 98.7. Yes. Only on air for a year. Yeah. Got let go in the fall of 2012. Or some, excuse me, August of 2012. So we were only there for a year. Then I went back to Panama City at the beginning of 2013 to work with Mandy. And so we did the afternoon show for like two months then they moved Mandy and I to mornings. And so then they were like, well, we need to bring Holly back. Which, thank God, because I was over here in Clearwater, Largo area, <laughs> just getting more and more pregnant and crying more and more every day, thinking I'm not going to have a job ever. Well, Holly made her grand return to Panama City. And it was this big, like, oh, my God, who's coming back? And we had this, uh, what we call a promo, where it was like, the winds of change cool. are coming to Panama City. And this is when we announced that Holly was back. This is what it sounded like. You helped her acclimate to Panama City when she moved here from Ohio. First of all, I never take a bath. Second of all, my showering leaves a bit to be desired. She's a control freak. I'm not taking my nipples Sorry. out. She's a leader. Don't you dare pee on the seat. She's, well, she's just kind of weird sometimes. I... Pass gas. Sweaty and gyrating on top of Don't now, you get bodily fluids on the furniture? Having breasts myself, I am very protective of when they're open and out. Yes. <laughs> it's Holly O'Connor. You helped her find a boyfriend with the sound of love. Hi, Chris. Hi, nice to meet you. I know, you too. Isn't this weird? It is. It's kind of weird to me. I'm all nervous. Yeah. I go from signing up online to now possibly finding the love of Holly's life. Of Holly's life. Get ready to welcome her back to Bay County as she starts a family. It's Holly O'Connor. And this is The Miguel Show. The Miguel Show. With Mandy and Holly on Island 106. And then Holly was back. Well, I'm. <laughs> wow, 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 so, wow. I mean, that made it seem like I was a big deal. <laughs> Why are we talking so much about boobs and bodily fluids? I know. And then you're like, oh, she's pregnant and she's back. <laughs> like, I, pregnant. I don't even know what to think about all that. I feel like I just got hit in the face by the past. <laughs> that was your ex husband when yeah. you two first met. Wow. Um, so here is also uh, what I was talking about, the uh, mo Monday morning Megamix. Oh, I don't know Monday what this is. Monday morning Megamix? Let's find out. 
Now, now, the Mountain Dew Monday Morning Mega Mix on Island 106. The what? Oh. I don't know. Apparently, we did a Mega Mix. I don't remember. Oh. It's like you do so many things in radio every day that you don't even know. I, I was going to say, I have no idea what that is. Miguel's sleeping. I don't know what this is. No. Oh, that literally is just <laughs> that's, that's exactly. literally me sleeping. Ah. Oh, it was some funny bit where you were probably dreaming about food. <laughs> but it's like I have this folder of like so many crazy things that we used to do. Um, let's see. This is Holly. You doing the Cups song back in the day? I got my ticket for the long way round. Nice. That was when I actually tried for headphone carry <laughs> And then this is when we used to do a segment that... I, I was really, like, emboldened about. Oh, it was, yeah. like, a financial, like, we want to help you get your life together. And we called it Fix Your Broke Ass. Oh, good. Here's the intro for that. Now, The Miguel Show presents Fix Your Broke Ass on Island 106. Working and trying to make that money. You have to have a Which, I mean, that made it sound a lot more exciting than the actual. I know. Then the segment we were like, "All right, let's talk about money." Here's how you financially. (laughs) Are you in debt? I know. We tried to make it exciting. It's just really hard to do that. I want to find that really long um, one that you love, Holly, so much. Oh, everybody, bring up the right back. Let's put those commercials on pause for just a little bit. Here is more. Island 106. Yeah. Well, if you thought yesterday's podcast was boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have it in a playlist on my phone. Do you really? Yes. Oh, my god. Because gosh. sometimes I just like to hear it. That's how much I love it. I really want to find that. Have you? I'm sure we've played it for you before, Scott. Think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I maybe even... I probably did not play it on the air because that would have been weird, right? Yeah, no, I don't think you did. You definitely showed Boss Man Will. Oh, yeah. I think I showed, I showed Boss Man and Will. And what, what, what does this, Holly, describe it? What? Oh, oh. so like I just said when we first started doing these little uh, clips about 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So Mike the Cabbie. Remember Mike the Cabbie? Oh, my God. He, what was his? He had sex. With I had sex with a chick at, at a, a gas, gas pump. pump. Oh, my God. It was God. this guy. My kinky story. I got a bunch of them, but the one that stood out more than all of them was I had sex with a chick at a gas pump. <laughs> that was a segment we did uh, called Damn, That's Kinky Girl. Oh, my God. And oh, that's funny. Yeah, and then one time this guy <laughs> called in, and he was like, he said that. I had sex with a chick at a gas pump. And after that, we're like, sir, we need you on the show. <laughs> I was like, he had so much spirit that we were like, we need to have you. So every Wednesday, he would come on and give advice. Yeah. Which usually the advice sometimes wasn't the best. No. But it was so entertaining, though. It was though. a character. Absolutely. Um, I- wait, so the jingle that we're talking about, like the jingles are when the voice people sing your names and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have like the my favorite, favorite jingle ever. It just sounds like... God, it just sounded like we were so important and famous. <laughs> it was such a good song and such a good jingle, and I had dances to it and everything. Oh, God, I wish I could find it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, wait, it should be in here. Let's see. Maybe. The 28-second one. Let's see if this is it. There we go. Yeah! It's like one version. Oh, that's it. 
That's one of the versions. Yeah, radio stations don't do jingles anymore. No. Why do you? Why did those things phase out? Because it was like annoying, or people didn't care for them, or? Because I think it sounds fun. I think they phased out because, like, I don't even know how much we can talk about how ratings work, but like in small market radio, ratings are done differently than large oh. market radio, and I guess they did research and found out that people don't actually like listening to that. I yeah. guess. That it distracts from the music. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Some research. The Miguel Show on Island 106. No, that's not it. Some research came out and it was like, even though we like it, nobody else does. So just sit down and quit with all your sound effects and just, just talk. Dang it. I can't find it. But yeah, so that's some of the fun stuff that we used to What's do back in the day. What's the 24 second one? I think that was the one I just played. Oh, I thought yeah. you played the 28 second uh-uh. one. Uh-uh. So I'll have, to, I'll have to look for it and see if I can find it. Um, but yeah, so that's some of the fun stuff that we used to do uh, in radio. Um, but then like when you talk to older people that have been in radio for a long time, like some of the stuff that they used to do back in the day before like it was uh, like you had big companies over radio when it was just like, you know, some rich guy in town would own like one radio station to two radio stations. Oh, and they like the stories that they used to tell. Gosh, I wish we could get uh, Will on real quick and see, because he's like right when that stuff was like just about over. I wonder if we can get Will on just for a quick little second to see. Let me call him. I don't know if it'll be time. But you know what's a good movie if you're ever super bored and you don't want to think too much about like, if, if you're just looking for a fun little comedy, the movie from, I think it's like the early 90s called Airheads, and it's like Brendan Fraser. Mm. And maybe like Steve Buscemi? I don't know. But it's like it takes place at a radio station and it's pretty funny, like the things that they used to do back then. I don't think I've ever seen that one before. It's about a radio station? Yeah, like it's about oh, that this cool. rock band. It's oh, about it. this rock band that Brendan Fraser is the lead singer of and they're trying to like get their song on the radio. Mm-hmm. So they go oh. to the radio station. And it's like set in the time when radio was what you're explaining. Mm-hmm. So like they went mm-hmm. to the radio station to try to get their song on. Right. And then they found out that like it was n- everything was like, was that the one with Handsome Dan? And he was not handsome at all, or maybe that was Wayne's World. But, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, they went to the radio station, and the DJs were like, yeah, we're not going to play this, whatever. And then the the one, um, they found out the station was flipping from rock to, like, like smooth jazz or something. Oh, nice. And the owners had, like, sold it out from under, and then the DJs got pissed. And they literally locked themselves in the studio, and there was a big protest. And it was, like, it's a pretty fun 90s campy romp about I don't think I've ever seen that before. That sounds actually fun. Radio and bands and stuff like that. It's it's cute. I liked it. it because, you know, being in radio, it gives you a different perspective. Did you ever watch Howard Stern's Private Parts? No. Yes. I never oh have. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that is good and super fascinating. Mm. Uh, what was what would you like about it, Scott? I just liked how I like the fact that he was just so I'm going to make it happen no matter what. Mm. Like just balls to the wall. I will do this. You can't stop me. Right. And for me, it was just inspiring because in my head, I'm like, you have to just do whatever it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be people in the way that are going to want to like hold you back from your truest self. Mm. And you're going to find a way to do it the best way you possibly can by being your true self. Right. Just keep pushing past. Like, you could have, obviously, if you've ever seen the movie, like, you could have just stopped and just, you know, went with the flow of how people wanted to manage him and, like, craft him. 
but he didn't, and now that makes him one of the greatest. Well, that's always the hard part when you're coming up, I feel like, in any industry because you feel like you know, and you're like, I want to fight the man. I want to do it my way. And then when you get older, you realize you're like, oh, that was a little misguided. And now I understand why there are rules and procedures and, like, why you do certain things. But, like, I feel like Howard Stern was, like, one of those rare people to where he instinctively knew and was able to... Uh, capture this moment that will like never happen again in in radio and pop culture. Right. That I don't think will will ever happen again. And even he he'll be like, you know, I don't know if I could if I would go back. Like, how would it look now? Or if I were starting now, what would my fame look like if I started now? It, it would be different. Yeah. I mean, he, it was really like uh, the perfect storm for someone for him for him and who he was. And how radio was at the time and what you could still get away with. Like it was, it would be very different now. Yeah. Scott, how do you feel like your career is going so far? I think right now I'm in a weird place mentally with it because I, I mean, just full transparency. I just feel like just stuck Mm. right now because before, a couple months before, and we talked about this before the quarantine, it's like I had good momentum and it kept me going every day to be like, you know what? Things are happening. Like, Mm -hmm. my big-ass dreams, like, I'm like, I'm getting there Mm -hmm. right now. And I'm not – I don't even, you know, fully believe this, but I do get in modes where I'm like, fudge. Like, am I going to be able to, like, make this happen? Like, Mm. do I have what it takes? Am I going to be put in a position to be successful? Right. And I'm I'm having a lot of those thoughts recently. I don't believe them. I still think I can make it happen. It's just right now in this this very moment, I – it's not as clear as it was a couple months ago. So now I'm like, it's just those things, you know, I think life is going to work its way the way it's supposed to. Right. But I also just have really big, big dreams, and I hope that I can make it happen. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if I were you, like, this doesn't feel like it, but this is such a great opportunity to sort of reset and really hone in on things that, you know, you didn't feel like you had enough time for. Yeah, yeah. Of, like, really focusing, you know, is now that you've had a little taste of it, like, what does that look like moving forward, you know? Yeah, I mean, I definitely know that before everything, before my life got put on pause, like, and I said it before, like, I was grinding at a rate of, like, I felt just, I was getting whooped. Like, I was doing everything, Mm -hmm. but I got to a point where I wasn't appreciating it, and I I don't want to be in that position where I'm just going through it for the motions, and so now I've had a good reminder of, like, all right, I had all that. I had my life going, to, and now going forward, now that I've enjoyed a little bit of time to just myself, I think when I go back into my normal life of being busy and on the grind, I'm going to appreciate it a lot more, but also I'm going to know how to structure it so I don't burn out, mm. you know, so I know how to actually, I'm pretty good at scheduling, but getting better at scheduling, prioritizing things that are important, like sleep, mm-hmm. because I'm noticing right now, because I haven't been great on it recently, mainly because I just can't sleep, because my mind races at night. I'm not as efficient. I'm not as good. And so I'm mm. only, I'm holding myself back right now with the things that I can't control. And so if there's like those little things, like even just on the show on a general standpoint, like if I don't get enough sleep, I come in here, I'm not as good at doing things. I get distracted easier. And then at a certain hour, my mood goes down. And then I'm not even like able to be my full self. Right. So all those in my mind, I'm like, all right, you need to control those things before we could get on to the next step because mm. that's only going to help. Yeah, I think it's just if I want to become my best self, I got to do those little things that I can control right? to at least get me to, you know, the next step, the next step in general. 
I don't know. Right now, I'm just in a weird, stressful part where I'm like, hmm, what's going to happen? But it's also exciting because I have to remind myself that I'm only 23. And although I've seen other people younger take on more, we're all on different paths. And Mm -hmm. when it's going to happen, it will happen. Just keep your eyes on the prize, pretty much. Holly, how do you feel like where you are in your career right now? Mm, I mean, I uh, I feel good. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't know. I mean, what do you? I uh, I'm just. I mean, are you happy? Are you content? Do you want to keep doing this? Like, how are you? Because I just feel like this time right now, where we are, this is a time of reflection mm-hmm. and sort of you know because like I mean like Scott said in our world pre-COVID, it was like, go, 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 go. Right. And now that everything has stopped and things are slowly starting to open back up, now it's like, all right, what did we take away from this time that we had where the world stopped? Mm. Um, I do still love what I do, but I'm, and I was already aware of the things that I don't like about it before, But what was odd, and I think I maybe mentioned this at the onset of the pandemic, but what was odd is that I had sort of a perfect storm myself. What's that? Oh, that's probably Will. Yeah. Go ahead and grab that. Um, Where I was getting treatment for depression Mm -hmm. from the Neurospot TMS, Mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, a little heads up, we'll have Dr. Um, Upshaw on again on Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm, I was getting that treatment. So, like, my depression was actively lifting. Mm. So I feel like I had been in a fog for maybe, like, the last year. Mm. Not terrible. Like, I was still functioning. Right. But you don't know what's what you don't know. So, like, you, re- you don't realize you're not at your full potential. Right. Because you think you are. Depression right. is tricky that way. So I started having depression lifting. But then when everything kind of shut down with the pandemic, I actually and everybody else was, like, stressing out and freaking out. My life actually got a little bit better um, but I'll pause on that if you want to talk to Will real quick. Um, Will, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, boss man, Will. Um, real quick, we're on the podcast. We wanted to know, do you remember any of those crazy radio stories from back in the day? Like before radio was like a business and pe- and it was like people were just doing crazy things in the bathrooms you mean, right. you mean when 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 radio was the original social media yeah hey. yay five points for gryffindor um because like i remember back when i had just started and the record reps aka like these are people from the record companies that come to the radio station and say hey dua lipa has a new song you know here's a little preview of it what do you think about it and um they would go to dinner with my program director at the time and i was 21 and had zero dollars to my name and so my program director would let me go to these dinners and I would just sit quietly and listen and I just remember one of the older guys talking about having cocaine in the studio and doing it with the DJs and I was like what? Wouldn't they like slip a little baggie of coke before like plug all the up they would like slip a little baggie of coke in the record uh, to give the DJs like the coke so they'd play the record more. Well, okay, so geez. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that's. Not, I just heard a rumor. No, those are like that's like the oh, 70s. Uh, well, so, okay, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. Um, a lot of this kind of ties into you know corporate America in a sense. Like, okay, so what really changed radio? 
uh, modern radio. Well, that goes back to the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which basically allowed radio from being a smaller, you know, mom and pop owned industry where, you know, before 1996, you could only own X amount of stations in, in like the entire country. Right. Now, after 1996, you can only own X amount of stations in a city. So that's where, you know, and Cox Media Group, the company that owns us, is more of a smaller company. Um, but that's where, like, the iHearts of, of the world and the CBS radios were able to buy up thousands of radio stations all over the country. So things really changed after mm. 1996 when things got corporate. I mean, people were just getting any sort of payola that would happen, whether it be money or drugs. That stuff all disappeared in the 90s um, for the most part um, just because it, it's just it, – A, it's illegal, and now you're dealing with corporate America. But right. back before then, in, in what some like to say the glory days of radio, um, a, a, a record promoter's job then and now was to – and now when I say now, I mean it's, it's much different now. But back in the day, their job was to get their record on the radio in any means possible. And so part of a record promotions person's job is to get to know you and what makes you tick. And for some people, it's, it's going to concerts. For some people, it's, um, you know, meeting the artist. For some people, it's doing cocaine. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And when did you start in radio, Will? Not today. No one is saying it's no, happening today. We're, no. not, we're very clear. No, no, no. Uh, when did you start in radio, Will? Um, I started, um, I, I actually started, well, commercial radio. I actually started basically around 9-11, mm. 2001. Okay. I was interning for a radio station in Chicago. My second day I was interning on the morning show was 9-11. Oh, wow. So I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. So my mom was like, you're not going to work at the radio station in the city because... <laughs> You know, you're going you're gonna to get hurt. So that's when big cities became off limits for my, for my mom, you know. Mm. Um, but I was doing college radio and internet radio pretty much since I was like 15, 16 years. I was a little later with, with me getting into radio, like commercial radio, because the early part of my career was, you know, DJing. And then I got into club DJing. And then eventually I got into radio. Mm. So you were a little 15-year-old broadcasting on the internet? How did you, like... Yes, well, so there was a a buddy of mine went to college at uh, NIU in uh, Northern Illinois, and um, out of DeKalb, DeKalb, Illinois, yeah. And they had an internet radio station that um, he just kind of ran, I guess, you know, he was the program director, but you know how college stations are. It's Mm. like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, basically, And, like, he, he got me on board to, like, DJ and help program the playlist. And, like, I was heavily influenced on radio stations out of Chicago. And B96 Chicago was a legendary station. And so I basically recreated B96 Chicago on this little internet radio station. Mm. Um, and then from there, you know, fast forward to um, 2005, actually for five years, from 2005 to 2010, um, I actually ran my own internet radio station for a very long time. And at one point, um, this thing got so big that I had a cumulative audience of 250,000, um, well, in internet terms, it would be individual IPs. 
Now, when you're talking about cumulative audience for a radio station, and in the biz we call it cum, as you guys know, but for the context of the podcast, the audience listening, um, 250,000 people listening to one radio station is the size of a small to medium market radio station. Yeah, I believe that's probably bigger than Panama City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this thing blew up. So, I mean, and ultimately, as I look back at my career, um, it's because I ran that internet radio station that my program director that eventually hired me in New York City, his name is Dom Theodore, who actually used to work in our market a long time ago, the power pig way back in the day. Mm. Um, he, uh, I got the job in New York City because of what he saw me doing on the internet station. So wow. if I didn't run that, if I didn't have a history doing internet radio, I don't know that I would be your boss right now. You know, that makes me so mad because while you were doing this wonderful, Uh-oh. like, ooh, look at me, I'm running this radio station with 200,000 people, do you know what I was doing with the internet in 2005? I was downloading porn. I was in college, oh, we had high-speed internet, and I was like, ooh, what can I do with my time, not create a radio station or learn about my future career? I'm going to get LimeWire and download porn. Man, I was looking at my MySpace page. <laughs> So I was on oh, the there internet. There you go. Well, you know, we all ended up here in the same spot. So. You know what? Eventually, yeah, exactly. You took you took your career and you took it to the next level, and now we're all together here in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> See, Scott, you do lots of different things and still get to the same cool result. I could do both at that station <laughs> and porn. Yeah, that's fine. I do, but don't do porn. I'm curious. <laughs> uh, well, oh, I hope not. Uh, I'm curious though. Only sense, right? Uh, that, hey. Oh my gosh. So, how did you get to this part of the like how and again I'm I'm joining the conversation halfway through. How did you get here? Um so we started about talking about when Holly and I were in Panama City and we literally got the old hard drive out and I'm sure it's so riveting for listeners played some old imaging from back in Panama City and lamented the uh the disappearance of jingles. Mhm. Um, so we mm-hmm. played some of the old ones, and then we we're talking about just old radio uh, battle stories. And I was like, I bet Will has heard some stories because when you started, like probably the your mentors were in radio during that like crazy time when all the like, ooh, here's uh, uh, we'll pay for your wedding if you put on this, you know, Gloria Estefan record or whatever. Oh yeah. Um. Sorry, my boss was texting me, so I was distracted for a second. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, back in the day, man, jeez, oh, the stories. I mean, you could – people would send you uh, – okay, yeah. So I, there are stories that I've been told about, like, how you would get, like, a DVD case in the mail, right? And inside of it would either be drugs or, or thousands of dollars of cash because oh you put God. that Gloria Estefan record on I'm the air. I'm saying. Again, all of this – you can read about the glory days of radio from the 70s and 80s. Look up Alan Freed. I mean, Alan Freed is the DJ that created, that ended up, was the reason why we have payola laws that we have today for FM radio. You know, because of those glory days. Read up the story on Alan Freed, the radio DJ and payola. It's fascinating. There's actually a podcast, and I'm so glad you said that because I forgot, because I think this was like the weekend, right? Like the weekend of March 13th. I remember we had went boating with some friends and then I was home cooking dinner. And there's this podcast called American History Tellers. 
and they do like different seasons of different industries. And one of it was radio. And I'm just now remembering that they talked about that. But then like the next week, the world went to hell and I totally just forgot about it until now. But they were telling that story about Plugola, Payola, and they had audio from back then of the DJs. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that. I'm going to put that on my uh, list to to listen to this weekend. Ooh, that's good. But, yeah, so it used to be crazy. It was like the wild, wild west back then. Scott? Nothing. Oh, you looked at me like you had a question or something. No, just it's crazy how different it is. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, you know. You think about it. It's not just radio. You think about every industry and, and just how corporate America has changed from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s to the 2Ks to today. Right. You know, it's just it's everything is just so different and every industry goes through their fair share of evolution. It's just to be I mean, to, to put it bluntly, the radio industry, radio and record industry, um, this chaos was not limited to radio. I mean, the record industry at that time, and some could argue in some ways today, because the Internet is not regulated the same way FM radio is. Mm. Um, but it was some of the most chaotic and corrupt industries out there. Yeah. And you know, and let's let's call it, let's call a spade a spade. The entertainment industry in general has a history of being very corrupt. A hundred percent, girl. I mean, I know it's fiction. Um, the show Hollywood on Netflix by Ryan Murphy, yeah. like it is what would have what we wished would have happened in Hollywood back then with like Rock Hudson and like all these famous people back then. Um, but some of these stories are based on truth. Of like just the shadiness and the sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even, that's how I mean, we listen, got the Me Too movement. Well, even hearing about, do you, do you ever see that movie with Alfred Hitchcock? But it was like, um, where it's a, it follows Tippi Hedren, who was his, you know, uh, ingenue star in two of his movies, The Birds and some other one, maybe one other. Oh, very, yeah. And um, and like he was like straight up sexually harassing her, oh, wow. and then she ended up like having psychological damage. Because then she was saying no, but then he would, like, take it out on her in filming. And it it was the story about her story as the star of these Alfred Hitchcock movies. It was so sad, but also so eye-opening. Well, that's like Judy Garland. You know, they would shoot her up with speed, basically, so she could perform. And they didn't want her to age. Yeah. So, like, they tried everything to try to keep her young Mm -hmm. and just keep her young looking. Even when she was in Wizard of Oz, like, she was... In her late teens, early twenties, and they were had like taped down her boobs so she would look like a little girl, but she, that followed her yeah. her whole life. So she was all messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, oh it was a mess. That's you know, when when you take that parallel of what you were just discussing and and apply that to today and what's happening in our country right now in this particular moment, mm-hmm. really, the Me Too movement was the release to all of that you just discussed in the entertainment industry mm. because of how how much injustice has happened to women in the entertainment industry over the years which resulted in the me too movement right which is which is very parallel to what we're experiencing right now with black lives matter so right. again it just you get to this point where everything just bubbles up and bubbles over and we get to a point where there's change. Right. So all of this is just very fascinating when you are a student of history. If you're not a student of history, you have a hard time understanding why we're going through everything that we went through mm-hmm. with the Me Too movement and why we're going through everything that we're going through now with the Black Lives Matters movement. So right. it's just you have to be a student of history to understand all this. And the entertainment industry is just is just full of these stories that you're talking about that are uh, fascinating. And, you know, here's a book I can recommend that um, – uh, let me go to my iTunes right here. It's called um, 
Bear with me one second. Mm-hmm. Feel free to talk amongst yourselves and come back to me, and I'll tell you what the book is. Do, talk do, amongst do, yourselves. Do, 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 uh, do, just do, as a side tangent, I think I told Miguel this. When Black Lives Matter, this edition has really started rising, and it seems like it's like the legit one that's going to do it. Uh, I said maybe just wait a few years, and the gays will have a second coming too. Mm. Because I it, there was some other in history. It went oh, like women's right to vote, right? So. Right. 1920, mm-hmm. it was like the big suffragette mo- movement when women finally were able to vote. And then that was in 1920. And then you had the 50s and 60s with all of the, um, with all of the, everything that happened with race mm-hmm. then. And then you had the 80s. And when was Stonewall? Uh, the 60s. I believe it was 69. Okay. So si- 70s then, mm-hmm. you had like the gay sort of movement mm-hmm. and that took a long time because then everything happened with HIV AIDS which was like a setback but then it was almost like in the 90s and then 2000s things started becoming a little bit bigger for the for the gay movement of being accepted and equal and so I just feel like we're going to continue having these cycles until everything works itself out. And that's what it looks like we're headed towards right now. Right because with the Me Too movement everybody was like oh I don't know how this is going to go on and then it just kept going. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're seeing now with Black Lives Matter. It's just going to keep going. So that's what I have to say about that. So you're ready for uh, you're ready for this tease right here. Yes. yes. Here we go. Uh, the book is called Hitmen: Power Brokers and Fast Money Inside the Music Business by Frederick Dannen, D-A-N-N-E-N. And here's a quick uh, quick synopsis. Copiously researched and documented, Hitman is the highly controversial portrait of the pop music industry in all its wild and ruthless glory. The insatiable greed and ambition, the enormous egos, the fierce struggle for profits and power, the vendettas, rivals, shakedowns, and payoffs, chronicling the evolution of America's largest labels from the Tin Pan Alley days to present day. Frederick Dannon examines in depth, often... Uh, often illegal dealings among the assorted hustlers and kingpins who ruled over this multi-billion dollar business that is the music industry. Damn. Damn. (laughs) You said kingpins. Wow. Now, here would be the interesting thing. How would someone write a book about us? Like, if they were to look back at our radio life, how would the bo- how would they make it dramatic in a book? No, I'm sorry. Wait a second. You don't need to make it dramatic. I have always said that if there was a camera, if there was like a crew writing a book, radio in general is fascinating as hell. Yeah. Like just from like yes, we don't have the kind of you know like we're not we're not getting baggies of drugs and and numbers for prostitution in a in a record. Jeez. But. We, I even when I was like in tiny no market Ohio, there were all kind of shady things going on between the general manager, rest her soul, she passed, and mm. like some of the business people in town, and like what could be, you know, it every and, oh our business manager who was embezzling funds and oh. was sent to prison for it. Like there's oh. something going on all the time because the in- entertainment industry attracts it. I think. Wow. Have yeah. you? Ex- well, here's the thing. The entertain. Oh, go ahead. Now, I was just gonna say, have you have you experienced that sort of shadiness in your career, Will? No, no, because ever since I've been in, again, the Telecom Act of '96 and a lot of things that happened in the '90s paved the way for where we are today. So everything that we do with a record label is goes through levels of compliance. It goes through lawyers. There's everything is 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 basically scrutinized six ways from Sunday. So like. 
everything we do is, is on the up and up mm. because I ain't going to lose my job. No, I ain't right. Lose the radio station's license. You right. know, it's just, again, it's, it's a different time. However, know this radio is the radio station that you talk on every morning, the frequency of 101.5. We do not own that frequency. The government owns that frequency. The government licensed that frequencies to companies for us to do what we do and entertain and inform and, and you know, do what we do on our shows. We the people. Um, so we the people. So technically, we are at the mercy of government regulation with what we can and cannot put on that frequency. Because, again, we don't own the airwaves. They do. So, you know, when all this stuff was going down back in the day, that's why they put all these laws on the books, which ultimately led to the compliance era that we live in now. Which is fine, you know. It, it creates it creates more fairness because back in the day, you know, the entertainment industry dictated to you what was popular. We were all a bunch of cheap because you had nowhere else to go. Mm. Today, things are different because the consumer calls the shots. Right. Because we aren't necessarily a monopoly anymore. Like, if you don't like the music we play on our radio station, you can go somewhere else and get music on the internet. But don't. You know? And, but back <laughs> in the day, but don't. Please don't. That's, that's part of our job, though. That's part of the strategy. It's my job to go look at what the music is being consumed on the internet and make sure that it's part of our strategy on the air. Back in the day, we, we just played whatever we needed to play, and, you, and we told you it was a hit, and it was a hit, because you had no other way to get music. Mm. And We dictated what the hits were. That's how Achy Breaky Heart became popular. That's a jam. Is it, though? I mean, it kind of was. I think it it Mm. really served in that time to Mm. cross over country to pop because so many people outside the country stage actually also liked it. It was funny, but mm. it was catchy. Yeah. And it was like you could make fun of him, but he was also making fun of him. No, that's true. So it was like the great uniter. <laughs> I mean, it was because well, I remember well, my no, grandmother. I mean, you're right. Yeah. She was singing Achy Breaky Heart back in the 90s. Well, here's the thing, Holly. Achy Breaky Heart back then was no different than Old Town Road today. Mm. Right. Sometimes you just have those records that are so bad but so good. And I'm not saying that either of those are bad. Yes, I am. But but they were so good, bad that they cut through, and everybody just couldn't get enough of them. Yeah, I remember. You're always going to have those records that are good and bad that break through. That break through it, it, because of the vital thing about Gangnam Style. Yes. Oh, oh God. That remember ushered that. K-pop in everybody. Yes. But no, I, seriously, like I remember yeah. being at Jaga Lake, which was the uh, local amusement park by my house, in the era. I've I, been there. What you have? Yeah, I used to work for Six Flags, so when they were... Okay, uh, we're getting off topic yeah. now, but go ahead and finish we'll, your... We'll your talk topic. about that when we're not on the podcast. Um, but <laughs> So I went to Jugga Lake, and they had, like, they were selling the airbrushed, you know, how they have airbrushed t-shirts, mm-hmm. and they had so many that yeah. were, like, achy, my achy, breaky heart, and everybody was wearing them. I'm talking about, like, people you would expect to wear a country shirt. Right. Black folks. Yeah. Um, like little kids, mm-hmm. grandmas. Oh, I'm wow. telling you, like everybody freaking loved Billy Ray Cyrus and his mullet. It was <laughs> it was a weird <laughs> moment in pop culture, and he's right. It was kind of like Old Town Road. So yeah, it was really the great uniter. Don't tell my heart. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, we 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 got a meeting. You gotta go talk to our staff. Yeah, I haven't finished prepping my notes. Thank you, and I got two minutes before our meeting. Oh, sorry. You got this. You you're really you, good. You at it. know what you're saying. You're you're good. Speak from the heart. Yeah, just you tell us. 
You tell us. <laughs> Lead us. All right. We'll let you go oh, so you can get ready man. for that, and we can I, end this and uh, get it online. I'll talk to you in three minutes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, Will. Bye. All right. Well, there we go. Hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, we had a couple people that messaged us about our Pride stickers. Oh, good. Yeah. So if you want a Pride, a Miguel and Holly Pride sticker, all you got to do is uh, send me an email with your full name and your address to M- Miguel, M-I-G-U-E-L, at hot1015tampabay.com. Hello. I know. It's a mouthful. I had to tell somebody my email address yesterday. Were my- they like, huh? Girl, she had, she said hot dot one oh one dot, and I was like, no, no, no dot. I was like, girl, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, just email me your name and your address, and we will get you that Miguel and Holly Pride sticker. Um, also, platypus, put that platypus. in the sub, put that in the subject line. Holly, what's all your social media, Hannah? It is Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and Holly on Hot 101.5 on Facebook. Scott. At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. I am on Twitter, Instagram, still the last one holding out on Snapchat and TikTok. Make sure, if you're listening to Miguel and Holly Uncensored on Apple Podcasts, Please rate and review. It means so much when you do it. Just write a little review and just tell us what you like. And if you don't like the podcast, also, we're on Spotify and Hot 101.5 app. Download that on your smartphone, and we will see you next week. Bye, you girl. Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.